The global arts market, ladies and gentlemen, is valued at $450 billion and is expected to rise to $723 billion by 2026. That gives us a compound annual growth rate of nearly 13%. What a great time to be invested in art. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell special edition of the Global Fine Arts Market. I'm your host, Todd Schoenberger, and I'm bringing in a very special guest, an expert on the topic who happens to be an artist herself. Her name is Amanda Robin Wood. Amanda, welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. Hi, Todd. Thanks for having me here. Nice to meet you. Well, it's great to meet you as well, and I'm so happy that you are here. You know, I'm looking at these numbers, Amanda, and I got to say, being an artist, you must be in the sweet spot of this because right now you have so much growth that's taking place. You have so many economic headwinds that are out there. I know the markets are responding well to that December jobs report today, but overall, there's still a lot of selling pressure right now. And I know a lot of our listeners, as well as other investors, are trying to find alternative investments right now. And it looks like the arts market might be it. What have you seen? Are your clients, are they, are, has there been a slowdown at all? Or are you, do you see business picking up? I do see a lot of business picking up. And I was kind of surprised And when the crash started to happen, the shutdowns happened, we all got kind of nervous. We weren't sure what was going to happen, but it seems that a lot of people are very interested in diversifying their portfolios and they were stuck at home. They were wanting to redecorate, remodel. So they started buying art. Now you are down in Texas. You're in Houston. I used to live in San Antonio, Texas. I am very familiar with the cedar trees and that, and it was just, it was one of those things that it was impacting many, many members of my family and, and myself, but maybe not a, as big of a scale as I think what you're experiencing. But right now in Texas, right now, I'd imagine, I mean, you have quite a bit of, of the oil sectors down there. You have quite a bit of oil money. Uh, obviously property values have done very, well in Texas, mainly because they have so many restrictions as far as home equity loans and things like that. So you don't have a lot of lot of homes that are turning over um, in the event of foreclosure. So there's probably a little bit more discretionary income down there. But with your customers, with your clients, I mean, is it repeat customers? Are they coming in? Are they saying, look, you know what? I want to spend X amount of dollars this year, but I anticipate spending more because they're just trying to stay away from traditional investments. I want to say probably people use about 10% of their investments maybe for art. Oh, okay. Typical thing. And I think investing is number two down on the list of reasons that people are buying art. Number one, they buy it because they love it. It inspires them. It makes them happy. They like it in their environment, but it's a little further down on the list with wanting to invest because you don't really know unless you're in a blue chip market with artists, you don't really know exactly what's going to happen. So in case there's a dip, you want to make sure you really love that art. (laughs) If it's going to be in your environment for that long. But you know what? Here, I don't see anything slowing down. People are excited. They want to keep buying, not necessarily just for the investment. I mean, it is a good investment, but because they're passionate about art, they want to support the arts. They love it. And they like, they like the environment. The other thing that I'm finding too with some people is art makes them feel interesting. You know, they, it gives them a talking point, like in a meeting, Hey, (laughs) I just bought this awesome piece of art. Come look at it. So they'll come over and, and look at it. And it, it, especially if it's a famous work, you know, that's going to stick in your mind. You're going to want to go over and go check out a Chagall or something, you know? Wow. I, I like that a lot. So going through your website, uh, which for the listeners is AmandaRobinWood.com. 
and you do have several several of your pieces you have that your show that you're showcasing. I was going over your bio though, and you have such a background when it comes to the art market. I mean, I see that you've actually uh, you you were doing was it human figures? You actually had people that you were doing sculptors of? Is that or did I miss? Well, yeah, for a while I was doing uh, we call it figurative work, and it's sculpture sculpting the human figure. But I think I hit a point where I felt like I had said all I could say with that, and I. I wanted to go back to some of the earlier works that I had done that were more like, I don't know, vibrational and just more organic and a little bit more abstract, which has been actually kind of a nice thing. And the timing was funny with this, really funny, because in the next year, this surrealism, abstract, uh, contemporary art is a big trend next year. So I'm, I'm kind of relieved. <laughs> So, to be a good trend. No, no, no doubt. I'm sure of that. So explain that though, because I, I am not, I'm not an expert in this field like yourself. So in the, with contemporary art, I mean, I see some of the pieces that you have, um, our listeners can go to the website and look at other pieces is, is what you have displayed. Is that considered contemporary art? Yeah, it's, it's modern contemporary. There's a twist on it. Um, so the more traditional is just like a portrait of a person or a landscape, that sort of thing. Um, and that that's kind of sl- slowing down a lot. It's not really getting a lot of traction in the market right now. So what is right. really happening is the more contemporary, more modern, slightly more abstract to extreme abstract. Uh, that's that's really what's really catching fire. Okay. So and the pieces that you have are beautiful. I'd imagine, I mean, it takes quite a bit of time. The, the Can you give me an idea on like how long it takes to get start to finish and then when it's probably delivered to a buyer for the larger pieces it might be like a three-month pipeline between starting it i have to build like a an aluminum tinfoil form sometimes with cardboard and tape and i, I put the, the clay that i work with around that so that goes through a few stages and it has to soak in water or wet cloths to get really strong and grow these crystals that make it just impervious to weather or whatever so you sometimes you have to soak it for up to three weeks depending on what the end you use is going to be for this this material but um yeah i let it soak for about three weeks to get really strong and at that point you could take a hammer to it (laughs) really now we talked a little bit about that in the when we were going through the show prep and you mentioned some type of a new material is the new material and, and you can explain that to the listeners too as far as what the new material is but is it does the time frame does it take longer to work with something where the technology has helped with this new material or would you rather go back to maybe something that's a little bit faster as far as getting it out there? I find that this is extremely fast. If I'm not putting a piece outside in the weather, I only have to soak it in water for about five days. But because some of these pieces have some really delicate pieces hanging off. I really want to reinforce them and make them as strong as I can. So I'll soak them a little bit longer, you know? So that's the thing with this stuff. It's called Paltaya. I went through a few of these little bags when I first, when I first tried it out and I went through it really fast. And then I liked what I saw with the products. So I started buying the big 40 pound bags and I go through those like crazy now. A 40 pound bag. What, what's a 40 pound bag cost? I'm just curious. I'm going to say it's about 160 bucks. So how many 40 pound bags do you use for say the, and the sculpture that's behind you now for the listeners, give you guys an idea. I, I would imagine that that's the size of, Oh, I don't know. What's a maybe five feet by five feet or am I, am I maybe mis misreading? That? This is about 30 inches tall. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, my <laughs> eyes are really bad. <laughs> well, and it's hard with a camera, the perspective with what's behind True. me. You don't 
how far it is behind me. So that's fine. And I, I think this is about 20 inches tall. And this one took about over two thirds of a bag. This one. Um, oh, so not a full 40 pound bag. Then. Right. This one over here, this big one, I have almost two bags in it already, including the base. <laughs> And I can't okay. pick it up. So I'm going to have to find a football player that's a friend of my daughter's to come and help me. <laughs> that's right. Well, being in, being in Texas, you shouldn't have any problems finding any football players. Uh, so, okay. So you're looking at 160 a bag. So then that piece then that you're using the two bags on. So you're looking at you know possibly 320 plus your time. And and how long is it? Now, I know you're soaking it, but how long does it take to actually finish that, that one product right there? Well, there's a lot of finishing work because you have to burn off these fibers. It's got little nylon on fibers in it that kind of come to the surface as you mess with it. Um, so it gets kind of fuzzy. So I have to burn that off with a torch. And then I go in and I sand and refine and sand and refine. And then I'll, with painting, then little flaws come up. So you have to sand again and repaint and sand again. And, and I'm picky. <laughs> I'm very picky. Craftsmanship's very important to me. Love so that. I have very high standards. So I put a lot of time into the surface work. Good. And then, you know, then there's photographing it and getting it on your website and all of that. And I do all that myself. So um, it, it takes, it's a lot of work being a sculptor. So, so probably like what, six months, five months? What do you think? Uh, three months for three months. <laughs> piece like this in a couple of a couple of weeks for you know a piece that's maybe a foot tall I could do in a couple of weeks and, and it's not will... one piece the whole time I have different pieces going at the same time at different stages and so one day I'm building the you know the tinfoil form that I'm going to wrap this thing around and then I'll put another coat on this one and then I'll put another coat on this one and then I'll sand this one one day and then the next day I come along and do something on another piece because sometimes if you're really intensely working on just one piece you can kind of hit burnout with it you know and if I change it up it, it uh, feels fresher to work on. Well that, that's spectacular no that's great and I'd imagine that there, there's definitely a clear demographic that's going to be able to afford a, a, a piece like that and especially with the time and energy and, and resources put into it, I'd imagine the, the overhead costs are quite high as well. So that's fantastic. So let's let's close it out on that block because all the pieces are are just fantastic. They're absolutely beautiful. I want to tell all the listeners to go to amandarobinwood.com and take a look for yourself at all the, the pieces of work that she has because it, it's sensational. It's definitely something that I think a lot of our listeners will be interested in um, talking to you a little bit more about. So coming up next on the next block, Amanda and I are going to really drill down on pieces of art, really are setting trends um, in the arts, in the global arts market. What's the hottest one? that are out there right now and what are people trying to stay away from as well so thanks again for joining us for buy hold sell special report on the global arts market we'll be right back after the break please stay with us buy hold sell brought to you by crosscheck management Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking, feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. 
I'll also be sharing Business Bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell, Special Report on the Global Fine Arts Market. I am joined by Amanda Robin Wood down in Texas, and Amanda is a subject matter expert on the topic of the Global Fine Arts Market, and she's also an artist herself. And we were just talking in the last block about Amanda's work and really the, the painstaking process of going through it, but it's clearly something that she's passionate about and she absolutely loves. And I think that really transforms over to those to those items that she's creating, and then obviously it transfers over to, to the buyers and her clients. So Amanda, I really want to talk to you a little bit about, about the market itself, really the trends that are happening, really some of the, we have so many economic headwinds right now. You have rising interest rates. We do have a number of uh, listeners. I know my co-host on Buy, Hold, Sell, Tobin Smith, he has a number of clients that contact him looking for alternative investments. And I know the arts market is one of those areas. But globally, what do you think? I mean, do you, do you see any type of a slowdown at all? Do you see a t- a more acceleration here? I mean, when I look at the numbers, I see so much growth potential at 13% a year, which I think is fast. Fabulous, but is there a chance that those numbers could be reevaluated? What do you think? Well, the trends always show that when there's a recession, the art market goes up because stocks start getting kind of touchy and other things start getting touchy, but the art market usually stays pretty, pretty consistent. So they're very comfortable investing in art. You know, we have the tax benefits that come from investing in art, especially when you buy art and sell art. There's a tax incentive to to to, to sell and then buy another piece with the money you just got from the sale. So like that help out collectors. And I I just find that this last couple of years in particularly, you know, they keep saying that the wealthier got wealthier. So, you know, people that are the multi-billionaires of of, the tech world, I think some of them increased their income by about 30%. So they started putting their money into art and and then that kind of caught on and more and more of them started buying art, you know, to to invest in and to just make their place cool. (laughs) And if (laughs) there's a new thing too, that's kind of a new trend that if you're not super fashionable and, and interesting yet, you can buy a really cool piece of art and then kind of hang out with the more interesting, fashionable people. There you go. A a status thing, you know. Yeah, that's right. Because your circle of influence then right right at that point. I mean, you're the people that are more, they have the discretionary income. They're a little bit more affluent. They're going to be the ones that are likely going to really navigate towards art and therefore whatever art it is, whether it's the paintings or or the sculpting or, or any other piece, I'd imagine that would be quite a conversation starter for them. So now you're really around that group, those affluent groups. So with that, because I do on your website, you mentioned, I think some of your work is at a gallery in Austin, Texas right now. Um, the people that are going into these galleries, I mean, are, is there a volume of, of, it's just a, a parade of, of affluent people 
Um, I could just imagine big oil people going in there with they get their cowboy hats and they're, you know, they're walking in and they got stacks of cash and they're just willing to spend it on the art. But is it still the, the, the foot flow? Do you still have that many people that are that interested? Yes. And when the shutdown started happening a couple of years ago, the artists or the, the galleries that were prepared and they had their artists work up online and ready to go for sale online, they took off running. Some of the more traditional galleries that wanted to do belly to belly work and, and get people into the galleries to buy, they had to pivot and start putting the artist's work on their website for sale, right? So we have a lot of high-tech people more in Austin. Rather, I want to say it's more oil here in Houston and more high-tech people in Austin coming over from right. Santa, right? So it's kind of a tech hub over there. So they're really comfortable buying stuff online. So it kind of worked there for that. But yeah, it, it's not slowing down. I've talked to the galleries there. They've had to add phone lines to handle the extra traffic wow. because they found that they were losing sales because they only had one phone line and people were on hold and they were getting tired of being on hold, you know? And every time I go in there to drop off more work, it's like a busy hive going on. There's buzzing everywhere. And <laughs> you got artists dropping work off, picking the work that they purchased up and they're trying to catalog it and get it all where it's supposed to be and get it hung. It, uh, they're busy. They're yeah, busy. yeah. I'd imagine. I'd imagine so. And and now I'm starting to rethink my um, my career choices here. Maybe I should try to figure out how to be an artist. <laughs> now I'm getting aside though. The the um. So with that, and here's a loaded question because you are a sculptor. But I mean, is there any specific art? Is there a specific category? Is it the 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 paintings? Is it the sculpting? Is it um? The, I don't know. Whatever else that's out there. I mean, is there is there one area that seems to do better than the other, or is it or maybe there's a trend that's on the upside or downside for, for either one of them. Yeah, right now it's the contemporary paintings that are really taking off. So anything, and sculpture too, if it's if it's more abstracted, but abstract paintings, it's usually like the gold standard for art sales in the last few years. So it it's, it's strong and it's not going down anytime soon. I mean, it's hard to say. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I mean, the last couple of years have shown us that <laughs> we can't really predict what disease is going to come next or what what financial situation is going to come next i mean just look what happened to the nfts mark, market last year nfts mm -hmm. crashed something like 93 percent in the last yeah. year prices on those things so yeah it's hard to predict you just don't know yeah you're right about that we have one of our sponsors at buy hold sell is a company called masterworks and masterworks takes their they, they actually can allow investors to buy shares of different paintings different different pieces of art and and then they go out and they sell them. And it's just like any other mutual fund, but it's an actual SEC registered security. And it's a unique approach. It's almost like thoroughbred racing where you can buy shares of the racehorse rather than the entire racehorse. And if it does well, yeah, obviously you find that as an investment. I'd imagine in the mm -hmm. art world that is going to continue to grow, especially when I see some of these growth rates that are taking place for you know, around the globe. So um, for, for that sector, so that's really special. So going forward though, so now, I mean, if, if investors are a client, do, do you have anybody that ever goes to you and says, hey, look, I want something, but I'm going to tell you what to do. I want you to design it in my way. Do you take anybody on like that? That's one of the reasons I got out of the extreme wedding cake business, because 
I, uh, I like, I have my own ideas and while I'm working on a piece, I probably have about 30 other ideas floating around in my head and there's just no way I can get to it all. I'm an idea person and they just come and the ideas just keep coming and coming. And so to take on somebody else's project means I have to put the things that I'm really passionate about and really want to do on hold and then do something for somebody else. Now, I will say that I have taken a few pieces on, but it's usually for somebody that I know pretty well. And I know that what they want me to do jives with what I like to do. I'm kind of in yeah. now where I kind of pick and choose the types of things I want to do. And if it has, if it's in a line with what I do, I'm more likely to take it on. But if it's, Hey, I want you to sculpt my dog that died. I'm probably not your girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And let's be honest too. I mean, you're, you're likely never going to match what's in the individual's head of what they're visualizing, what it's going to be. So I'd imagine it's more frustrating than anything. And plus, if you put in all of that work, it has diminishing returns because if it's not to their caliber and what they're thinking, right, could re- result in something that's negative. So that that's great there. But it's I got to say, the stuff that you have, and I want to tell all of our listeners, go check out Amanda's website. It's amandarobinwood.com. The, the pieces of work are just sensational and they're outstanding. And I think everybody's going to really like them. So Amanda, any final thoughts uh, while we close this out today? Well, I have had some people ask me, over the years, like, Hey, so I'm new to investing in art. I'm new to buying art. How do I get into it? Right. So it's kind of intimidating, even for artists, it's intimidating going to a gallery that you've never been to before. Sometimes you feel like somebody's going to expect you to buy something. If you just walk in or what if they're snooty and they assume that I don't know anything Mm -hmm. about. So the way that I would go about getting involved is by just going to the galleries, to the openings, have a couple of drinks at the openings and start hobnobbing with people and start to really pay attention to what lights you up and what what makes you happy or what moves you what inspires you anything you have a visceral reaction to take notes on that and then you start talking to other people that collect art and see how how their finances are going with it research it research the galleries that you want to get involved in some of the big galleries you might not want to get involved with right away i would start in with the smaller galleries and maybe kind of work your way up maybe start collecting a few small prints first and then work your way up once you start to understand the art market better, but you don't have to jump in and and try to buy, you know, some Andy Warhol (laughs) right off the bat. You know, you start small and and stick with what you're passionate about because then you can't go wrong. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's great advice too. I love that because yeah, I know we have a lot of listeners that that really want to know how they can get started. We did a wine special not too long ago. And I mean, we were actually mentioning that how do you actually get started collecting wine and investing in it? So from the art side, I'd imagine it's something very similar just start off small and just work your way into it and then you'll learn from your mistakes that's for sure so that that's fantastic that's great well listen so thank you again for joining us amanda for all the listeners please go to amandarobinwood.com uh, from there you can message amanda and take a look at their works of art i know you'll be uh, very pleased so highly recommend it and we'll also have all this information on our website as well as on all of our socials so on behalf of amanda robinwood i am your host todd schoenberger thanks again for joining us today on buy hold sell special edition about the global fine arts market take care Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. 
This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.